This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, on the other point, you know, talking about the negative, maybe it's our own fault. Maybe it's our own fault because we've been dying to see Ojalari and Thibodeau, and they were on pitch counts. Clearly, the pass rush can't be that non-existent. It just cannot be that non-existent. And whether it's, you know, Jihad Ward or Shane Zimenez when they're in there, they don't have Leonard Williams mixing it up. You know, forget about eating the run for a second. Even his presence pushing the pocket. Dexter Lawrence last night can't be the best pass rusher. And I know Ojalari had a sack taken from him on that hole. That, that could have been a strip sack for all we know. Who knows? But, uh, again, Thibodeau, a lot put on his plate. But Aiden Hutchinson's performing. Uh, Trayvon Walker's performing. I know it's his first game. I know he will get better. But that's frustrating. It's frustrating to sit there and have a team with young offensive linemen, questions on their offensive line, a blitz, a blitzing Wink Martindale, not be able to get home. That can't happen for the Giants. Yeah, I think clearly Ojolari and Thibodeau showed a lot of rust. We know that neither guy had a whole lot of work at all over the course of the last month and a half, and it showed. There's no, there's no question about it. The shame of it is, and I told you I thought going in, Wink would be the MVP of the game. Did you see the exotic schemes that he was using? It was all over the place, yeah. He he did everything he possibly could right. well, he to throw, to throw wrinkles at, at, uh, at Rush. And he did a lot of what we speculated on the preview podcast, whether it was moving Jihad Ward inside out. We saw Thibodeau come inside on a couple of – you know, yeah. he was playing the chess game – but you know that that's a team you got you got this isn't the Cowboys offensive line of five years ago. I understand and for Thibodeau, a lot of those pass rushing reps, you're going against Tyler Smith, my man. You're Kayvon Thibodeau out of Oregon. That's a rookie that you should have been beat in the combine. You should beat on Monday night football. It's not like he's going against Tyron Smith. I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, Sean, I, I wonder how strong that knee is after the sprained MCL. He's clearly good enough to play with the brace and to get out there and not be a safety hazard to himself. But I wonder how much strength has really returned to the knee because there were a number of – look, I don't remember seeing Thibodeau blocked by two guys. It looked like he was one-on-one all night, and there were a number yeah. of times he was against the tight end and right. couldn't beat the tight end. He stood up. Now that's, just, that's not the Kayvon Thibodeau we saw yeah. at Oregon. So I'm going to say between rust and between maybe the knee not being what he needed to push off, that that might have contributed to it. Uh, but I but I will say this again, schematically, I thought Wink did a marvelous job. I thought the execution was lacking more so than than Wink because um, 
he was putting a what I like to call a kaleidoscope defense out on yeah. the field where it was just changing nonstop yep. and, and coming from all areas and all different looks. I, I can't I can't say enough about what he tried to do. I just don't think the players won enough of their matchups. They didn't. And, and Tay Crowder and, and even Austin Calitro, I think, got benched at one point for Micah McFadden. Totally were exposed without, you know, getting, you know, running backs, getting to the second level, Leonard Williams out. So it, it was frustrating. Again, though, you, when you give up less than 28 points in the NFL, it's the offense that has to find a way to score some points and, you know, keep it within striking distance. And whether it was penalties, drops, and whatnot. Now, that being said, the one guy who was very polarizing last night all over social media, Paul, was Daniel Jones. Okay, we know Daniel Jones is a punchline nationally, maybe a punchline at times in New York. Not really with me and you. Me and you were kind of Daniel Jones homer, so to speak. That was a valiant effort. I I don't know how anybody who has two eyes and understands the game of football watches that game and takes anything other way than, damn, that sucks for Daniel Jones. Like, what more is he supposed to do? If the MetLife Stadium field is made out of grass, he's picking it out of there like Eli Manning in the NFC Championship game. Not fumble. I mean, how many times would those have been fumbles two years ago from Daniel Jones? And and, and escaping and throwing the ball away and not taking as many sacks. You brought up the five sacks. It could have been eight, nine sacks. He kept throwing the ball. I know he takes the intentional grounding late. Daniel Jones played really smart football and extended so many drives with his legs last night. And being... You know, from our point of view, Monday Night Football with the more cameras, you could see down the field every time they're showing those replays. Nobody's open for the poor guy and, and drops galore. I, you want to tell me he's not Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes? Fine, I get all that. I get that he's not the biggest elite of quarterbacks, but if you're telling me Daniel Jones doesn't elevate the New York Giants, I dare you to watch that game last night and ask me when you make jokes about Daniel Jones not winning at prime time. What more is he supposed to do? What more is he supposed to do? You know, to your point, Sean, I think uh, I had the Giants down for five drops and like 24 pressures on Jones. And by the way, five sacks, yes, and 12 quarterback hits. I mean, honestly, uh, if, if anybody actually watched that game through clear vision, they would have seen that Jones performed above and beyond. Uh, he did a very good job of of moving around inside the pocket, of running with the ball, and quite frankly, of also with some of the moving pockets that they did. I told you, they did a lot of that in the offseason, of having him practice with doing stuff on the move, especially horizontally. And I I, look, Coach Dable just had, uh, as we tape this, had had a little bit earlier his session with the media, and he had nothing but praise for how well Daniel Jones competed made good decisions, made good throws. But you know what? This all comes down to, again, circumstances around him. I'm just glad that Dable Dable stepped up and did isolate the fact that Jones did so many good things last night. Well, and and Paul, we've been in this spot before with bad offensive line play where – you know, the Giants might be behind in a game, down a score, down two scores. Fourth quarter comes, and it's, you know, pin your ears back, and the defense gets after the Giants, you know, whoever's playing quarterback, right? Last night, the Giants trailing in that game. They get those two drives. I mean, again, I, I killed the Shepard drop, fumble, then the Galladay play, right? That that could have been it. Jones making those plays against that pass rush. Then to get the ball back with no timeouts. Again, he's under duress. He's doing all he can. And it's really a crime that he gets credited with the interception at the end when David Sills falls down. I, I mean, the guy I the know. guy went out. They, it would have been so easy for Daniel Jones to go out there really confident shook with, with the defense coming after him. He didn't. He stepped up. 
He was a man last night. He was a man on Monday night, and he deserved better. He absolutely deserved better. And and look, I'm whatever they do in the offseason, they do. We have you know how many more games to go. I don't I don't know how you don't look at Daniel Jones and root for this guy the rest of the way, man. That that is I, I felt sorry for him. That if any player deserved better in Week Three of the NFL, it was Daniel Jones for what he put up with. You know the one the one that really kind of stuck in my craw as I felt bad for him last night was the twenty yard pass to Galladay that converted a third and thirteen yeah. late in the first half. And as you know. It's now 20 consecutive games for the Giants of, of, of being held scoreless in the final two minutes oh. of the first half. And here he was making a play. And, and you know, I mean, that that ball, you know, he finds Galladay despite the pressure, and then they call the, the offensive pass interference. Horrible on call. Horrible and, call. And, and, and I, look, again, Sean – I don't want to. I don't want to pin this game on that one play, but it was a pivotal play. It really was. And and I don't know if they score there. I don't know if they get a touchdown. Did they get a field goal right before the half? But remember, they would have had a chance to double dip because they were getting the second half kickoff. And yeah. you know how important the double dip is in the National Football League these days. That's why everybody defers at the start of a game because right. they want the double dip. Costanza, so, double dip the chip, right? So that's a that's, you know, and and to this point, I mean, Carl Banks, I was calling the radio play-by-play at that time because Bob Pop had to go downstairs for halftime. So I was in the booth calling the game with Carl Banks. And Carl immediately said, did the officials understand that Jones had broken the pocket? He was outside the pocket. So it's a scramble drill. Yeah. Therefore, any contact like that downfield by an offensive receiver cannot be offensive pass interference. Because you have to consider that the quarterback is out of the pocket. He's now a legal runner. So if a receiver contacts a defensive back, it, it, it goes down as a block. It doesn't go down as a penalty. I still don't understand how they call that. It's it's puzzling. It was worse than the week before with you know the play that got erased by Tony. But it's just every week it's it's either a questionable penalty. It just it kills you. See, that's what happens, though, Sean, when you're in the quicksand of mediocrity and you're just not that good. Yeah. Mistakes and bad luck or poor officiating will sink you every time.